The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. What's up, everybody? Have you guys been quarantined? It's going to be a fun show. We're going to like talk about all kinds of shit. So before we get started, let's say hi to everybody. First, we'll say hi to our, our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. I'm really annoyed that we can't be seen. How come we don't have video? Because um, we don't. Why? Because Scotty J's not there, and we will soon, but we, we don't have well, it yet. Well, we find another Scotty J? We are working on it. I mean, I don't. I didn't sign up for radio. It's, it's being videotaped also, so it still oh. goes out to Comcast and everybody. Oh, because I, <laughs> I don't like just doing radio because, you know, I, I just don't like it. Uh, well, we're working on it. It's okay. a big deal. So I can shave. Yeah, oh, you don't need to shave. I mean, because like nobody can tell from can there. Can you tell I didn't shave? No, yeah. you can't tell. What the hell with it? We got a chat room. People are starting to show up. What's up, Cindy Lady Lake? Thanks so much for showing up. We got Teresa Sabin is in the chat room. Um, I think Eileen is in the chat room. Uh, we got a fun show for you guys today. Hopefully, it's not going to get messed up because our first guest hasn't gotten back to me, so I don't know if we're going to have her or not. Oh, um, she's going to get back to you. She's proud. <clears throat> but we have uh, Carolyn Hennessy coming on. You guys know her from everything because she's like in everything. And, uh, she's a sweetie pie, too. And you've also got Teddy Dolan coming on, and uh, she's a music journalist author and owns a publishing company. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before any of that happens, uh, let's Wait, talk. Before we talk about you know what. Eileen Shapiro, are you there, darling? Yeah, she's in the chat room. Okay. Because of your appearance on our show, someone went to iTunes and said that our show is <laughs> sleazy. The only woman I could think of that's ever been on our show that I talked about her boobs is you. Now, Jimmy will read the review. I think this person who wrote it is either a woman, a lesbian, or a real silly faggot, you know, one of those queens that go, ooh, 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 vulgar, vulgar. It's our first, it's our first bad, bad review. review. And I love it. It's so wonderful. So out of five million people, somebody really doesn't like us. Well, actually, <laughs> what this person is saying is everyone that watches our show, which is five million people in every country all over the world, you're sleazy because you watch us. And only sleazy people watch this sleazy show. I googled the name first of all, and the name is like not a real name. So whoever it is, it's somebody who just doesn't like us. And here's what they gave us: two stars on iTunes rating. All our star, all of our rankings are five stars. And it gave us two stars. It says so sleazy and uncomfortable by Carl Loverfeld, which is not a real name. It says two stars because one is for OK Production, and I recognize an effort. Checked out this show because a female friend appeared on one episode. Something about the host is sleazy-like. 
I don't know, the heir of Weinstein, before we knew what he was doing without any proof of it. I get a sick feeling with how sleazy the show is. Lowbrow shows and podcasts are fun with people like Bravo, Bravo Liberties or Jersey Shore in 2011. And this show reeks of something I cannot put my finger on. It's like, you know, your career won't go anywhere if you appear here. And it breaks my heart. My friend let her PR agree to this as if it were a good thing. Something feels evil, sexist, <laughs> and not right. And, and it isn't entertaining. I'll tell pass. your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Bad reviews. You know, Bell Barth, the famous comedian, used to say, if I offend you, please tell your friends. Now, I'm a gay guy. Jimmy's a gay guy. We're married. I can't be Harvey Weinstein. I don't think about women that way. I don't talk about women that way. And I don't treat women that way. So the Harvey Weinstein is probably all he could think of as an insult. Okay. The other stuff that he wrote is totally stupid. We only talk about boobs. <laughs> women, women spend fortunes of money and go through great pain to have those big knockers. And if somebody doesn't comment on them, they're very upset. So at least when they come on our show and they're all showing their sisters, I mean, they wear low cuts, their tits are hanging out like balloons. We comment. We tell them how beautiful their boobs are. Like Eileen Shapiro. She's got the most beautiful breasts in the world. They weigh about 50 pounds each. That's difficult if you're, you know, trying to have sex with her, I guess. If she turns quickly, she could break your neck or crush your head with one of them. But anyway, we kid around about boobs, damn it. We talk about penises, we talk about dicks, we talk about size, we talk about stupid shit. It's not sleazy. We're not sleazy. We don't have serious things. My God, if we're dirty, then what about, what's his name? The, the one from New York, Long Island. Oh, Howard Stern? Howard Stern. They think that he's sleazy and filthy. All he ever says on his show is, show me your tits. And he's straight. That could be a little, <laughs> that could be a little Harvey Weinstein. But me? Or Jimmy, and whoever this female guest is, I uh, can't I, even think. That's I why can't I... even think because everyone that comes on this show is either a friend, someone we know, or people who beg us to come on our show. I mean, we have Su Wang, Wang was it Wang? Su 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 Wang, Su Wang coming, Su, Su Wang coming on our show. We're not gonna talk about boobs then, though. <laughs> No, I'm not going to. I'm going to talk about the feathers she wore that night and how many turkeys did she have to kill to wear her outfit. But anyway, we're a fun show. We are a bit risque. Yes, we do use vulgar language, but so does everybody. Today, vulgarity is nothing anymore. Forty years ago, if you said fuck, they would look at you and run away. They thought you had some kind of a brain disorder. Now, fuck is like, hi, how the fuck are you? You know, it's just a nice word. You go to the movies and you hear cunt, fuck, and fuck you. I mean, every movie. We were watching uh, Marissa Hagatay in her show. What's it called? Law and Order SVU. Yeah, and the girl is talking, and Mariska said, well, you know, that 16-year-old girl was at the party. She was on her knees, and she was blowing everybody. She had, and then the, the medical woman turned around, and she said, yes, there was lots of semen in her mouth, and she had about, ounces. Two, <laughs> and she had about two ounces of semen in her stomach. I mean, you want to call that sleazy? This is today. Today we are real. We don't live in the fake world of years ago where it was prim and proper, where everybody watched their P's and Q's. Today we want to be free. Unfortunately, we have some people out there who like to stop it. 
and say it's sexism or it's um, racist, all that shit. Jimmy and I are not racist. We have more friends of every color than anyone. And they're on our show and they love and adore us and we love them. Jimmy and I are free thinkers. We love people. We don't judge anybody. You could be, I don't care what. If it's your choice, it's your life, you live it the way you want, and I'll respect you for it. I don't care what you do. It's none of my fucking business. So in the chat room, they're saying there's it's just people who are jealous or crazy and that everybody like loves us and it's all in fun and they enjoy well, it. Whoever know, Carl Loverfeld is... Uh, I, I mean, Carl Lagerfeld. I, I met Loverfeld. I know that sounds like a fair, a girl, a queen, <laughs> a sissy fairy, Mary, or a lesbian. Carl Loverfeld. That's such it's a not fake. a real name. First it, of all, it's, I it's, it. it's a fair, it's, it's a it's a name that a drag queen <clears throat> would use. You know, Carla Fairyland. What is her name? Was it called Carlafeld? Carl Lagerfeld. Uh, but, 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 Carla. Carla Feld. That's yeah, a good drag name, honey. But his name's Carl anyway, whoever you are, I invite you to come on our show. Come into the chat room and let's talk about how sleazy we are and how we offended you and how you're trying to get people not to love and listen to our show. Lots of luck, Buster. Yeah, Five million people come in every week from all over the world. you got a, a lot of work to do to get people to dislike us. We're a fun show. And that's why people come in, because we bring laughter into the lives of those who may be very sad and sorry for what's going on in their life. Like right now with this coronavirus, we want to make people laugh because everyone is frightened. And, and now we're all held up in our houses like, you know, jailbirds. It's not easy. So now is the time for laughter. And if, to wait, hang on, one more thing. And if I can get a good laugh out of you about cracking a joke about Eileen Shapiro's gigantic, beautiful, magnificent breasts, I'll do it. What's up, Hub Reynolds? Join us. What's up, Hub? How you doing? I want to tell everybody, everybody too. Listen, send everybody our way, you guys. All the primetime television shows have stopped airing. Uh, they're not doing it. They don't know how to do it because they can't do it without a live audience. I tweeted to ABC, CBS, HBO, everybody saying we know how to do it without a live audience because we've never had one. And uh, uh, so everybody should be tuning in because there are no other talk shows to listen to. Ellen, everybody, they're all done. They're going to be playing like repeats and, and boring shit, and they all crumbled. If you watched any of them, try to do it without a live audience. They couldn't do it. So so uh, tune in to us. Go to our YouTube channel, The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Watch our old videos. Uh, look up, look for us on Roku and Comcast and iHeartRadio and iTunes. And if you think it's easy doing what we do every week, unscripted, there's no script here. Nobody writes for us. Nobody writes my jokes. My sense of humor is inborn. I did stand up for 42 years all over the country, and I never had a script. I went out there and I talked about whatever I felt like talking about, and people found it amusing and funny and to the point. I never held back a punch, and that's what makes it so good. And that's why our show has been 11, almost 11 weeks. No, we didn't make it this week. Oh, that, that's because last week's show wasn't good. No, last week's was show it was good? fun. Yeah, I, it was good. It was all right. It wasn't we, great. We got, we got millions of plays on SoundCloud, so it must have been pretty good. Yeah, well, we have to do a good one today. But in, anyway, you know, we have to be serious with some of our people, our guests, because some of them don't have a great sense of humor. And I, I know people. I've, I've, I've worked with thousands and thousands and thousands of audience in my years of, of stand-up. You know, you go out on stage, 
You stand there and you have 350 dinner guests looking you in the face saying, okay, make me laugh. Then you do. And then you keep doing it over and over again. And you say to yourself, you know what? There is a magic that comes out from within me. And it does make people laugh. And that makes me happy because I love to make people laugh. I do it in my social life. I do it on my Facebook page. All my friends think I'm way out fun, crazy, and wild, but they love me because I'm funny. I wrote yesterday in Facebook, there is humor in tragedy. So let's find the humor in the tragedy that comes into our life because crying is okay, but laughing is better. Right, Jim? There you go, absolutely. And so we've been like totally like locked up in the house except for to go to the grocery store. And uh, I don't know what it's like for you guys there. We're in Palm Springs. All the restaurants are closed. Everything's pretty much like closed except for uh, places that you can go in and get uh, takeout. But you can't sit in any of the restaurants. And um, uh, lots of more people are coming in. So where are you guys located and what's going on with where, where you guys are? Anyway, you know what I'm curious about? We have a few uh, shops in our Coachella Valley. I don't go to them, so don't think that this is what I'm trying to say. But they're called video stores. What are they called? Video bookstores? Video bookstores. And what goes on in those video bookstores is notorious. All gay guys go in there. They have booths, and they go in and they watch porno, and they have sex. I wonder if they're closing them down. I don't know. We don't go to them, so. But I'd no like way to, to pass know. by on the way. I have to bring an auto part to Jeffrey over at uh, Fix It Auto uh, in in Cathedral City, the best place in the world to bring your car, and we we're gonna have to pass it because they're around the corner. And I want to just take a look and see. You know, I mean, okay. I I bet you because they paid the cops off. I bet because of what goes on in there. I mean, give me a break. It says, yes, Ron, do a little market research. <laughs> who said that? <laughs> Teresa. Teresa who? Uh, Teresa Sabins. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of Teresas in my life. Teresa Vecchio, Teresa Rogers. Teresa Sabin. She, says, they you know, closed I, all the bars. They've closed everything. She's laughing. <laughs> no, really. I mean, what about the sex shops? Did they close them? Like there's a big one right on uh, on Perez here in, in Cathedral City, and it's called the Pink Something, the Pink Pussy. I don't know what it's called. But that club is packed every night with thousands and thousands migrant workers as well as crazy people. And they're in there, you know, with the broads lap dancing and carrying on like crazy women. Now, are they going to close those places, too, or because they pay off the cops and the mayor and the governor and the president and your sister's ass, are they going to have them closed? I mean, really, politically, the world's upside down politically. Absolutely. <coughs> so say I something. Cough. You're coughing. I don't know what to do because our guest has not added us on Skype. There's no way for us to contact her, so we don't have, we, there's no way to call her. I can't believe she would do that. I know. It's not nice. You guys were supposed to be having Carolyn Hennessy on. She sent me an email Friday saying how she can't wait. Um, and I just texted Rebel, and Rebel hasn't gotten an ad on. And I've been texting her on her telephone, which is how she told me to contact her. And she has not responded. Don't so text her. Call her. You can't call her. You know what? Call, text Sean, Sean uh, and tell Sean to contact her. Because Sean's best friends with her. Sean uh, uh, Kanan, I'm talking about, the other soap opera star. 
Tell him to contact her. Maybe she's just not picking up yours. Maybe she read the review about sleazy. Yeah, it could be. Maybe she read the review. (laughs) And she's afraid to come on. We wouldn't be sleazy with her. We know who we could get away with and who we can't. I mean, you know, Eileen Shapiro's our best friend. I love Eileen. She's like my sister. You know, I could say whatever I want about Eileen. There's no sexual uh, desire or whatever. Eileen has said to me so many times, Ron, you have made my tits so famous. Thank you. And they are famous. So there you go. He's texting now, Sean, and he'll ask Sean, or better still ask Michelle. Michelle's good. Sean may not do it. Send it to Carolyn. Carolyn who? Hennessy, that's the guest. No, but send, tell Sean to call her or Michelle. She'll take their call if she thinks we're sleazy. <laughs> you never know. Who yeah, knows? never know. But I can't believe she would do this to us because she's the ultimate professional and a sweetheart. Might be a, she might have a problem, though. Like, she uh, might have a know. problem because, God forbid, she's sick. If she has the coronavirus, you never know. She may be in an emergency or someplace. We can't really judge people. Right. You don't know until you're here. But anyway, God forbid, I hope that's not it. So so why don't we take a break real quick? Because so, I can't text and talk at the same time, or unless you want to just talk while I'm texting. Oh, that's not hard for me. Okay, talk for a minute. Hi, everybody. This is Ron Russell. Let's talk about it. Anyway, um, yes, the weather here is not the best. It's chilly and raining, but we do need rain to wash the roofs down and the sidewalks and to clean up the town. The town right now is a ghost town. If you go down Palm Canyon Drive, which is our main drag, you could bowl a ball down there. I mean, and never hit anything. There are no people out. The stores, everything is closed. I don't know what this is going to do for all of us in America with, and our economy. I know the market is crashing like crazy. Everybody I know that's invested well is having a fit because they're losing you know, a couple of hundred thousand in some cases. But they can afford it because they have millions. But anyway, it's the poor guys like us, the working class guys that get burnt. Uh, you know, I work on this show for free. I never get paid because I'm married to the p- producer. But I don't have to worry about not getting a salary. He throws me a crumb. You know, he'll go, like, he'll go to the store and get me some old five-day-old chopped meat that's brown and green and say, here, Ron, eat it. You know, he's good to me. Right, Jim? I'm always good to you. Yes, I am. Everybody saw our pictures that we posted last night on Facebook. You posted this morning, I mean, with oh, our, you love that? Our, our romantic uh, our dinner romantic with our dinner. coronavirus uh, our masks, masks on. on. I figured I'd give a, a laugh to everybody. That's what I do. I make fun. I have fun. I make fun of myself. I make fun of Jimmy. Jimmy and I quarrel on the show, but it's not real. We do it because so many of you love it. I get fan mail saying, Ron, I love when you yell at Jimmy. I love when you hit him in the head with the microphone. I mean, I, I don't really. <laughs> no, but you know what, Jimmy? It, you know what? It takes us away from being phony. It takes us away from being put on. It's like we kid around. We horse around. You know, I came from a generation 80 years ago where we could play around. You could do gay dish. You could say things about your friends that were funny. No one got offended. And you could also use racial slurs and no one got offended. It was a time when we just loved each other and nothing could affect us. But today we're all so super, super sensitive. And you know what I find? The people that call you a racist, the people who are so sensitive 
They are the racists, and they are the people who want to say these things but cannot. My mother used to always tell me, people that tell you not to do it want to do it. And that's the truth. Tell you not to do what? Anything. Oh, okay. Like, don't be an actor. You know how many people have said to me, oh, you're crazy. You want to be in movies? Just you. Who's going to pick you? And a month later, you talk to them and they say, oh, you're in a movie? Gee, I wish you could get me in the movie, yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. That happens to all of you. You know what I mean? So it's people will put you down, condemn you, tell you not to do it because they want to do it. And it hurts them that you're doing it and they're not. So they would be very happy if you don't do it and you sit home masturbating like they do. There you go, sleazy masturbator. There you go, sleazy masturbator. I love it. That jerky guy, anyway. I'm glad he wrote that because I was waiting to get a bad review. We have never got a bad review in nine years. That's amazing. I'm sure we have, just that people don't uh, always like write it. Because we don't get that many reviews on iTunes. We get we get some on YouTube where the people don't like us. Are or you they kidding? I got, my message box has got like a thousand people a minute. I have people sending in so much stuff to me. They send me videos to play on the show. They send me scripts to do. I mean, it's amazing what I get in my message box. I could do an hour, an hour and a half in the morning reading my messages. And now Eileen Shapiro is sending me pictures of celebrities that we've had on the show. And she wants me to do the cartoons of them and write funny quotes about them. And put a book out. And put a book out. Which we were going to do that before, remember? Yes, but I don't know if I can now. I don't know if I have the time. I'm very busy with uh, doing the garden and doing all the outside work. <laughs> well, you I need am. to. You know, I have to, I'm going to, I'm putting, I'm building a cement base to our barbecue, more cement walls, planters. Uh, we have a lot of concrete work to be done. The side walks on the side of the house where the dogs go i want to make that a dog run so you know i want to finish the house because i've been so busy running around to all these red carpets and all the events we do that i haven't had a chance to do it yes i can pay people to do it but no i enjoy it i love cementing i love mixing cement i love hammering and nails and drills and my saw my my sawzall i love that stuff you know, my dad used to do that. My father was a set builder, and my father and I worked together a lot of times when we remodeled a house that he bought in New York, an old, old house, and we made it beautiful. So as a young boy, I grew up uh, ha- hammering and plumbing. I could do electrical plumbing, everything. I love it. I, I really am a, a jack-of-all-trade, master of none, as they say. You got to like love it. All right, so let's do this. Let's take a little music break, and then we'll come back and figure out what we're going to like talk about because uh, our next guest doesn't come on for a little while, and I'm still trying to get in touch with Carolyn Hennessy. Um, so since we were going to play... Car- th- Carolyn, I hope you are okay. Yes, we hope you're okay. Uh, now I'm worried because I know you wouldn't stand us up like this. You're too professional, and, and you like us too much, so something has gone wrong, and we need to know. So please contact us and let us know that you're okay. Even if you don't come on the show. They called you Butch. Who called me Somebody Butch? says you're so Butch for doing all that yard work and stuff. Well, yes, I am. Sometimes I do it in high heels and long opera gloves. So that's how Butch I am. But anyway, no, it's not Butch. It's, I mean, I know my daughters, Leslie and Deirdre, they're not lesbians. They're straight women, totally straight. And they can work like I do because they work with me as a kid. 
when I built, I, we lived on Long Island in uh, at Long Island, and I bought a very beautiful big corner house, and there was a little house behind my acre. Well, I decided I didn't like the garden, so I made a big, big glass house and a 20 by 40 swimming pool adjacent to it. And in that glass room was a kitchen and a den. But the den was done with a stone fireplace, all glass overlooking the forest. Somebody said to me, if you keep extending the house, you better buy the little house behind you so you can connect with it. Because I kept putting extensions on that house. I got the two-car garage. I made it into a formal dining room. And then I added a two-car garage to it. Now I had all this upstairs space, so I made a 20 by 40 playroom for my daughters. So, yes, we grew up doing it. I still do it. I knocked out walls here in the house we're in in California. He's very butch, you guys. It's not butch. It's I mean, women do this stuff too. It's just you. It's just I know the butch women. <laughs> no, no, my daughter, my daughter's a butch. No, your daughter. My daughter's the most but feminine. Your daughters aren't nor- normal. Like they those. are normal. My daughters have fingernails and and hairdos. And my daughter's a feminine, beautiful girl. Leslie was Miss Runner Up in Miss America. Give me a break. She's far from butch, but they learn from me. And they loved it. With little children, I used to give them a, little, a piece of a two-by-four with a nail already in it and the hammer. And I'd say, go ahead, girls, hit the hammer, hit the nail. If you hit the nail ten times, I give you a donut. <laughs> and they, they would do anything for a donut. So, they yeah, anyway. So here's what we're going to do, you guys. This is uh, We're going to play the song that we were going to play when we called Carolyn Hennessy. The name of the song is Cowboy. It's by a group called Deep Side. I used to dress when I was a clothing designer. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And then we're going to come back and maybe we'll talk a little bit about some of all the TV shows because I've been watching some good ones and Ron's been disappointed with his. And uh, so we'll do some pop culture stuff when we get back. Um, but anyway, this is Deep Side. The name of the song is Cowboy. Enjoy. <laughs> My, my, wanna ride with this hot pie, pie, uh, buckle up while you're in my car, we can take a trip to Mikasa, uh, so girlfriend just jump in, wanna be starting something, uh, no fighting booty bumping, I'm a player from the west, I'm the B-Y-A, set it up, set it up, you better hold on get it up, get it up, Shake it. I wanna do positions from the matrix. Uh, I like the way you do your thing. Rocking a tongue ring and a G string. Say, baby, you're amazing. Chang, chang, should we do up? Get on top. Saddle up, saddle up. Get it up, get it up. Get it up, get it up. Get it get it You kick up in your cowboy. With my boots and my hat on tight. Won't you be my cowgirl tonight? Wanna ride and smack them thighs Girl, get up and jump on me Fill my whip and just pull my reins Saddle up and just scream my name You be I O, you be I I A Saddle up, saddle up 
The name of the song was Cowboy, and now we're back, and I'm checking my phone for, like, messages, and, uh, uh, and, sh- okay, uh, and, uh, Carolyn is not coming on, so we gotta, like, Okay, now, do time. me a favor, because I'm worried. Please, text message Sean Kanan or Michelle. I, I have been. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Do they come back? Huh? Yeah, they came back. What, well, she's well, okay? She's okay, but... She's got a problem, and it's just not a uh, to be uh, put out in the public problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she's okay. That's all. Yeah, that so all is good. Um, in the meantime, you guys, uh, we'll get her back on. We'll find out what's going on with the whole thing, and all is well. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say now. I hope she doesn't. I hope she doesn't have a cold or the virus. No, she's fine uh, with that. Anyway, you guys. Um, she could have notified us. Yeah, I have to find out because the phone number that like she's having me text her to might like be a secondary phone number or something. I don't know. We'll find out. Anyway, so let's move on, you guys. It's twelve thirty. We got like a little bit of time to kill, so let's start talking. First of all, you guys, Ron watches that show. What's that show called? I don't even like it. Oak Island. Well, I call it the, the torture of Oak Island. I've been watching it now for several years, and I mean several years. If they dig one more friggin' hole, I'm going to scream. They have made more holes in that island. It looks like a bee's hive. I mean, really and truly. They keep digging, digging, finding nothing, and getting millions of viewers and sponsors and making a fortune of money. A very smart uh, way they, they're doing it. They're, they're really lingering on and making us all want and wait and wish to see if they do find the treasures that are d- buried way deep within uh, the island. Supposedly, the ark is supposed to be there, and uh, Shakespeare's writing, all kinds of goodies. I don't know. I watch it, and I sit there, and I just say to myself, why am I watching this? It, they're just digging a hole, and in the hole pours water. And then they say, okay, fill the hole because it's caving in. And then they go to the next hole. If they're not in the swamp, digging a hole. Anyway, now they can't be on the shore because the government said your time is up. So they pulled up all the iron walls that were holding back the ocean. And all the water came rushing in over all the holes they dug on the beach. So that made no sense to me. They're always in that war room talking to waste time. They constantly keep saying the same crap over and over again and show you film of four or five years ago to waste time. 
If you really look at the quality of the show, you get about five minutes of new stuff. The rest of it is bullshit. <laughs> and he watches it anyway. Well, I and watch he gets it. And he screams. No, at it. <laughs> I watch it because you know I have produced in my life, and I know uh, movie business. I know it, and I know when they're playing with you and when they're really, you know, stretching it, as we say. Anyway, I'll watch it again next week. I'm hooked. You know, I want to see if they ever find anything. Because if they do find something, their show is over. Now we have a lot of copycat shows that are like them. There's one where they're, they're out in you know, the Revolutionary War somewhere in Virginia. They're digging holes there, looking for treasure. I mean, everybody's digging holes now looking for treasure. Anyway. everybody's Here's the show to watch, you guys. And I'm watching it on Spectrum On Demand. It's on demand. I don't know. Like I'm sure I don't even know when it's on originally, but it's called Lincoln Rhyme, the search, the search for the Bone Collector. Freaking awesome show! I I binged it. I watched all ten episodes uh, the first season. It's excellent. Everybody needs to watch it. It stars Ariel Cabell, who's always played like a. She's been in a million big movies, but she's always never like the star. She's always like one of the gang group of hot girls, and she's the star of this one, and it is such a good show, and I love that movie, The Bone Collector, with Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie, and this is the TV version of it, and I recommend it to anybody who likes police, you know, law and order police policey, you know, kinds of TV shows, because it's freaking, like, awesome. It's, like, one of my favorites. My favorite show I never miss is the Larry David show. It is back. It is hilariously funny. It deals with all the truth of today. There's no uh, no baloney there, boys and girls. It tells it like it is. He is hilariously funny. The writers are very good. The gal that, I, don't, I forgot her name, but I love her. She plays the fat guy's wife, the one that keeps telling Larry, get the fuck yeah, out. I don't know. I don't know what her name get is. Get the but fuck it's out of my awesome. house. She's a riot. They're all funny. It's a great show. I watch it, and it seems like it goes by in 10 minutes. Uh, watch the Larry David show. Binge it. It's hilarious. Now's the time to laugh. Now's the time to have fun. Now's the time to watch people making silly stuff reality. Watch the Larry David show. And you guys, it's on demand. It's on HBO On Demand. It comes on on Sunday nights. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, and I would love to be on their show because my real personality, who I am, would be such an asset to that show because I'm so much like Larry David in so many ways. He's outspoken. He's unfiltered. He doesn't care. He tells it like it is. And uh, I think if I were on that show, I would add another character. Anyway. Oh, we have to look for that last week's because we didn't. Last no, week's. we're going to watch it tonight. Yeah, that's good. I love it. It's very funny, you guys. Cabin fever is starting to set in because, you know, Jimmy and I run a fast life. We're always out partying, dinner partying, red carpeting. And all our shit got canceled. Oscar, Oscaring. <laughs> go, you know, we had so many events coming up. Also, also, Sue, uh, what's her name? Sue Wong. Sue Wong has invited us to her birthday party. That also got moved. At her Malibu home. I can't wait to go and see her home. It's, you know, she's a multi-multi-gazillionaire. So her house has got to be like drop-dead outrageous in Malibu on the ocean. Excuse me. And we were supposed to go to Rock Against MS this Saturday with all the biggest rock stars on the planet, right. but that's got changed. Hopefully they're going to redo it in October. Everything's getting changed, so hopefully we'll and, be able to get the all these And the film that done. I'm shooting, Clown, Clown Motel, Clown Motel uh, what's the rest of it? Two. Two. There's something more. Until death do us Until part. Until death do us part. I was supposed to shoot 
uh, two, the last two t- days in April. Now we postponed that also to like June, I think till June. So that all, so now that screws me up because I have other movies to do in June. Now I'm going to have to, I don't know. I'll be working a lot. Anyway. So the world is coming down around us. We have been watching TV. Ron's been working in the ER. Obviously, I'm still working, working because I'm a publicist, so I've been working all day long. We watch something different uh, every night, and uh, but but my favorite show is still the Bone Collector show, and I and I've been, I also binged all of Chicago PD's latest uh, latest uh, season. Chicago PD, I like that that show, and and we always watch Law and Order SVU. <laughs> I, lo- I love Mariska. Uh, you know, I loved her mother, Jane Mansfield. Jane Mansfield was a fabulous girl. <clears throat> she was far from a sexy, uh, trashy-looking broad that she portrayed. In her real life, she was a wonderful mom to all her children, a fabulous wife to her husband, and a lovely human being to know. Jane Mansfield was was the real deal. She just made it look like, you know, sort of a Marilyn Monroe takeoff Hollywood thing. If you're interested in knowing about my baby, my car, my car is in the hands of Jeffrey. Jeffrey is the manager over at Fix It in Cathedral City. Fix It Auto. Fix It Auto in Cathedral City. And uh, my car has been sent now to uh, another place where they will fix the wheel mount and check underneath. And so far, maybe Geico has said they would pay to repair my car. So let's see if they keep their word. Um, Sherry Nelson and Tom and the Smith brothers sent me auto parts for the front end of my car. So hopefully in a couple of weeks, my car should be all brand new and running again. And um, Geico keeps their word. But you never know, do you? You never know. We're going to find out. We'll find out on Friday. So next week's show, I'll let you know if it's do we love Geico or we're going to you know, blast them, <laughs> blow them out of the water again. We'll have to wait and see. Who knows? I mean, if they're smart, they will fix my car. It's such a minuscule amount of money for a multi-million dollar corporation like Geico. They're just being cheesy, cheap and horrible, which indicates who they are. And people, you know, that you don't need an insurance company that's going to do that to you. Also, they've just raised their rates. Jimmy posted that on Facebook. A big rate 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 hike. Uh, Geico did. rate hike. That's what I want. <laughs> what did I say? Heist. heist. Well, yeah, it is. It kind, is like a heist. It is a heist. <laughs> they are. They're heisting your money. Yeah, it is a heist. You're right, Jim. I think that's freaking hilarious. So anybody else also have any cool shows in the chat room to refer me to? Uh, <coughs> oh, also, I, I wanna... was saying to watch The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, but listen, I want to give you a little recipe out there. Okay. Now, don't think I'm weird. Okay. But this is what I... do this is... Shut up, Jimmy. <laughs> this is what I do. My Norny, who was my grandmother, who lived with us all of her life, and she died at 88 years old. When she had a cold or didn't feel well, she got a piece of Italian bread, poured olive oil on it, garlic, and then honey, and she ate it. Well, I've come up and made it modern. Now I get 15 Ritz crackers, and I put them in a dish. I put garlic, minced garlic, all chopped up, and the garlic oil on each 
Ritz cracker. Then I pour honey on top of all of it, and I eat it. Guess what? It tastes like Chinese food. It is so delicious. Okay, your breath is going to knock down the trees if you breathe yeah, hard. terrible. Well, don't. But what it does is it cleans the stomach, the intestines, and the rectum, and it kills any impurities that is in your system. If you have any kind of like bats flying around in your stomach or you have, you know, rats or ants or anything crawling in your body, the garlic will kill it and you will feel so much better. So I do this once a week. Also, it is a great immune builder. It will build up your immune system so that you will not get the coronavirus. The coronavirus only attacks those with weak immune systems. They keep saying 70 plus. Well, I'm 70 plus and I have a great immune system. So let's not generalize and say everybody that's 70 plus is going to die from the coronavirus. That's bullshit. I mean, 20 year olds who are sick could die from it. Anyone, Anyone that has illnesses can die from it. I don't know why they're picking out the agent. Like in Italy, anyone over 80 is not being treated. I mean, I'll be 80 in May. If I were in Italy, what, they're not going to treat me? That's bullshit. I'm younger and stronger than most people in their 40s. So get my little hors d'oeuvre thing. I love it. And it's delicious. It's really, I, I enjoy it. You know, it burns a little when you eat it. because it's raw garlic, raw. Also, have you guys, like, had the problems on Facebook? I've been sharing all the coronavirus news when it's not my post, it's somebody else's, and Facebook has been totally taking every one of them down. Right. Saying that, like, it's... I, I shared that Idris Elba had the coronavirus and that that uh, San Francisco is going uh, under quarantine. And this is from, like, USA Today and NBC and ABC and shit like that. And, like, they said it's inappropriate content it, 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 against the community or whatever standards. So because watch it, out. It, Facebook it, is definitely, like, playing Big Brother and, like... Well, because it creates pandemonium. It, it creates panic. Now, I want to say something else. Garlic, right? Every movie you saw, the vampires could not go near garlic. They ran away. Supposedly, the coronavirus came from people eating bats. Well, bats are vampire bats. So if you eat the garlic, the coronavirus is going to fly away. (laughs) That's a good one, though. That was very good. Think of it as killing bats. (laughs) That is really fucking funny. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Good. I'm glad I made you laugh. See, I hope you're laughing out there, too. That's what I want to do. I love to make everybody laugh. They like it in the chat room. And I also like shared a picture of some person cutting up a bat. <laughs> they didn't flag well, that one, though. <laughs> you know, Sue Wong, who is a lovely human being, a delicious woman, came from a very poor beginning. And she's writing, she has written a book. or a She's script. writing a book she's and ri- a script, both. She's writing a book and a script. She hopes to make her life story a movie. Uh, she said that when she was a young girl, they were so poor that her mother fed her cooked. Grandmother. Her grandmother fed her cooked rats. Yeah, so, they chased them around the house until they caught them. Yeah, they chased them around the house until they caught them. I mean, what an existence, huh? And we talk about America and how rough it is here. Oh, my God, I had a hard day today. You know, I was working and some woman made me crazy and I had to hang up on her. And they come home and they take tranquilizers and drink to get over the the emotion. Could you imagine running around the house killing a rat and eating the fucking thing? (laughs) 
I cannot wait. To, I cannot wait to interview uh, Sue Wong. I found her to be very beautiful in a very strange way. She almost looks like the dragon lady in the in the old cartoon. I forgot who was it that had the dragon lady. I don't know. One of the cartoons, comic books. Flash Gordon. Maybe it was Flash Gordon. Ron loves Flash Gordon. <laughs> yeah, it, it might have been Princess Agura who lived on Mongo with with uh, Ming, Emperor Ming. Emperor Ming was sort of an Asian takeoff Martian, and he had somebody there that looked like. I think she's very beautiful, Su Wong. Anyway, she's gorgeous. She's a gorgeous. She looking. friended me on Facebook. She has such a great face. She's fabulous. And and she's you know everybody said she's not nice. That's not true. She's very nice. She's very nice. Absolutely. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play, take another music break, you guys. So this is this is the Jimmy and Ron song, and now it's up on iTunes. Everybody can get it. It got put up there on Friday. Uh, it's our own hip hop song that talks about Jimmy and Ron and the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's done by Twism White Piece. Uh, it's the complete song. I freaking like love it. Everybody go download it. Help indie artists. Um, so here it is, everybody. The Jimmy the Ron, oh, it's not the Jimmy and Ron song. It's the Ron and Jimmy song. Oh, thank you. I got the Ron that. and Jimmy song oh, by Twism. White piece, oh, enjoy. Can try not to be so wrong. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Truly one heck of a way to go with spending time. Jimmy voted top five on the list of radio hosts. Half his present time, topping the top 100 on the iHeart charts, making news on the Apple News, dropping podcasts out on iTunes. You can even go and listen out on Audio Bloom. So come about your gloom, you'll be glad that you do. Start whistling a tune when you spend the afternoon with the Jimmy and Ron. As soon as they come on, you will know by the song. It's called the Jimmy and Ron song. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Hey yo, you can never go wrong. And did you hear the celebrity gossip that Ron Russell got the inside scoop on? Man, the show got everything. So many guests that impressed from saxophone players to scary movie stars dressed in their best dress. Red carpet rollouts, Jimmy Star brand on the chest. So take the pick, quick flash, flash, flash grin. Make the camera click again. And if you missed anything and need to go and catch up, hit the website, jimmystarworld.com, and go and get your read up. Oh, yeah. Man, you're listening to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. You dig? Yeah, 
yeah, I think we're back. So, you guys, that's <laughs> the Ron and Jimmy song. It's on iTunes. You can download it. It's like 99 cents or $1.29 or something. Get it. One of my favorite parts in the whole song is when it says, Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude, uh, which is true. My husband is so gorgeous, it's not even funny. He's just fucking fabulous. Yeah, right. How come we have a comic book out with us in it? It's coming soon. We don't get paid. He sings a song about us. We don't get paid. We do this show every week. We don't get paid. I mean... I should have been a hooker. At least as a hooker, I would have got paid, right? (laughs) As a male hustler, I could have made five bucks every now and then somewhere. You could have. You're right. I mean, now, when I was young, I could have made thousands. But (laughs) at this age, you know, I I, I, five bucks and I give you food stamps. Sue Wong says hello. Hey, Sue Wong. How are you, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The cough. That's terrible. Um, anyway, you guys, get get the get the Ron and Jimmy song. It's on iTunes. It's got a great cover. It's like a whole bunch of pictures of all of our like uh, red carpet things as the cover of it. It's a lot of fun and uh, support the indie artists and and make it go all the way. There you go. I like the whole thing. Twism's got a new album coming out too, you guys, and he's didn't. Uh, we met a really great guy who a lot of people interview with, and it's called Markovis Nias, and he's got the Deeper Than Music radio show. We met him at Sue Wong's. He did the best interviews out of everybody there, and right. and, and they got an EP coming out, too, where they're collaborating. So lots you know, of stuff so going on. At Sue Wong's Oscar Gala, I heard the hors d'oeuvres were out of this world. They were. I ate them. They were like Chinese food, like egg rolls, whatever they were. Egg rolls and chicken. Delicious. And, yeah, it was delicious. I, I never ate one. You know why? The person who was supposed to slate the names for the photographers on the red carpet was not there for some weird reason. So they said, Ron, would you do it? And I was slating all of the people on the red carpet. And I never had a chance to eat a friggin' egg roll. And I was dying for one. I said to Eileen, instead of... Eileen says they were great. <laughs> no, but I did say to Eileen Shapiro, why doesn't Su Wong have Chinese food at this affair? I would kill for it. I mean, what she had was delicious, filet mignon and asparagus and, and whatever. But I would have loved, you know, my, my number five, which is spare ribs, egg roll, fried rice, and tea with uh, peppermint ice cream after. That was my favorite. I used to get that when I was a kid. It was $2.50 at our Chinese restaurant in Jackson Heights, Queens. Imagine $2.50 for a full meal. Anyway, uh, the affair was wonderful. Instead, though, everybody was just bringing you drinks. Yeah. (laughs) Vodka, straight up four olives. (laughs) Yeah. And that was the good part. But, you know, working the slate is a lot of work because I had pushy people. I had five broads. They pushing. I said, girls, you can't go up yet. Oh, yes, we can. I said, no, you can't. So I had to tell one of them, you go up. There, I'm going to break your legs. <laughs> she looked at me. She said, what? I said, you heard me. Get off, the, get off the red carpet. So you had to get a little rough and tough like a Brooklyn tough guy that I am. But they don't listen. You know, you want to smack them around and say, listen, you'll get on the red carpet. Don't worry. Your picture will be taken. It'll go nowhere, but your picture will be taken. <laughs> I mean, a lot of good pictures from that. You have to be famous. You have to be uh, important uh, for, for Getty to shoot you and to get your pictures out. And, of course, uh, Su Wong has about 9 million Getty pictures because she's probably one of the most important designers we have today. My daughter, Deirdre, 
owns, I think, one or two of Su Wong's, but she said she can't fit in it anymore because Deirdre's no longer a zero. She gained some weight. But once she's back to zero, she's going to wear the dresses that are Su Wong's. Nobody ever goes back to No, a but zero. Leslie said they were not cheap. She's no. a haute couture. Well, she's she's an expensive haute couture line. She, but her clothes are so beautifully done that they're worth every penny. You know, you can go to Walmart and buy cheap shit that falls apart the day you put it on. And, and then you can again, go to Neiman's and buy a Su Wong dress and that'll then last you can, forever. Yeah, you can get a Su Wong dress that's classic. It'll Beautiful. never go out of style. And, you know, you could put it in the closet for a year, let it lay there, and then rebore, you know, rewear it. And people will go, oh, I love your new dress. Uh, that's how it is with polo. I love Ralph Lauren. I only wear Ralph Lauren. Uh, and, of course, I love... Uh, Except for today, where you have a Jimmy Star shirt on. Today I have a Jimmy Star <laughs> shirt on. I love it because it's got cars all over it, and you know how much I love cars. But um, We do have a lot of Ralph Lauren, though. You have a lot of Ralph Lauren. If you Lauren. buy the... I have, I have Ralph Lauren shirts that are seven years old, and I wear them, and people say, well, I love your shirt. Where'd you get it? I said, what do I remember? It was seven years ago I bought the damn thing. So if you buy couture clothing... Yes, it is expensive, but you know what? They're so well-made and so ahead of the fashion that you could wear them for 10 years. If you're trendy and you go to Marshalls or, or Walmart or those other crappy stores and you buy the rags that are in there, they're good for one season. You wash them, they fall apart, or you wear them the next year, they're out of style because they're not classic designs. They're for-the-moment designs, you know, like this is what's in Let's let's do uh, the skulls. Everybody was doing skulls. It's in. Now you wear skulls. It's like, you know, use them for pajamas. You can't wear skulls anymore. They're out. Anyway, I was always one. I only bought, wore Valentino shoes when I lived in New York. I only bought Ralph Lauren. I bought Versace. I bought Dolce & Gabbana, uh, Gucci. I love all of the designers. And Sue Wong is up there, you know, with the number one top designers today. She's fabulous. She's super cool. She's right. got lots of cool stuff going on. And we've got an Eileen did an awesome article uh, interview with her that's going to be going out in publication soon. So it's fabulous. They said oh, they're talking about drinking in the chat room. You know, Eileen's going to be hosting like a <clears throat> Facebook dinner party, Facebook live dinner parties where everybody right. like goes on <laughs> and like does dinner party from their from their coronavirus quarantine. And uh, I'm going to do mine from a bubble bath. And Lady Lake's saying to make uh, make Shirley Temples for me. And I love shots of fireball. I think that's what like uh, even though Lady Lake wrote that, I think that's what Eileen likes. Fireballs. Don't. And then one of those. Eileen likes any kind of balls. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She wrote. Yep. Eileen is in the chat room under wandering stranger. And yes, she likes fireballs. (laughs) Wandering stranger. I don't know how the, like the chat room actually comes up with those like names that they give you, or if you just make those up yourself. But um, everybody well, look, says, look, look, look at the Long Island. What was it called? The Long Island Lay or something? No, the Long Island it had a dirty name. Dirty. It had a, 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 a whatever. What was it called? The Long Island something. What is it? A drink? It's a drink. Long Island iced tea. No, no. There was another one. Long Island Lay or something. I don't know. Something. About Long Island, the, the, yeah, iced tea was one of them. This was another one years ago. Uh, Singapore Sling. I used to drink those. I used to like Singapore Sling when we went out to uh, Jones Beach. You drank a lot of Singapore Sling. Now they're all talking about funny drinks and bringing in funny drinks. And B, B Claudia just joined us, too, from Germany. Hey, B, what's up? Oh, I think I went in and out. I sound funny to me. Can you Possibly. hear me? 
They wrote, they wrote Long Island Ice Tea, but that's not. He's talking about something else. No, there was another one called a Long Island Lay, a Lay on the Beach. No, what the hell was it? Now I don't remember. But some it was it was it was indicating sex. Uh, everybody was drinking that, hoping you know, wishing, but didn't for a lot of people. But I remember one time. This is a real story, no bullshit. I was about oh, Sex on the Beach. They wrote Sex on the Beach. That's, that's what he's thinking. Good Lady Lake. Bing Lady ding 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 Lake. ding ding. That's the one. <laughs> Sex on the Beach, which brings me to. I was about seventeen years old, and absolutely gorgeous, with a body like a swan. Thin, not a wrinkle, not a piece of fat, nothing, not like today. Uh, now I look like the wreck of the Hesperus. But back then I was gorgeous. I was a beautiful Tony Curtis, they used to tell me. Black hair, handsome face, beautiful body. And I always wore brief bathing suits. And we were drinking Singapore slings at Reese Park. Reese Park is a gay beach on Long Island. Well, I drank a lot of Singapore slings. I woke up at about... Nine o'clock or ten o'clock at night without a bathing suit on. So, of course, I was alarmed at why my bathing suit is gone. And I thought that some pervert character came, a gay guy came along and took off my bathing suit and had a good time. So now I'm really upset and I'm trying to figure how am I going to get home? I got to get from the beach to my car naked. Then I said, you know what? Screw it. Who cares? So I started to walk to my car naked, and then suddenly a bunch of my friends ran out and said, Ron, here's your bathing suit. Here's your bathing suit. You're going to get arrested. I said, you son of a bitches. You took my bathing suit for off, and you let me think that I was molested. So they said, that was the joke. You were so out cold that we took your bathing suit off. I said, well, you know what? You could have gotten four or five guys to come over, you know, and maybe it would have been fun. They wrote, Teresa Saber as a response to something wrought or hung. <laughs> well, that too. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's not fun getting sand around your penis and testicles. It's kind of itchy. I don't. I I hate that. I hate sand. Yeah, I hate. That's why when I go to the beach in a bathing suit, the sand goes up your butt around your testicles and it itches and it scratches. It's oh, I don't like the ocean. I don't go in it because there's things in it that want to eat me and I don't want to eat them. I hate fish. I don't eat fish. And I feel I could make a bargain with sharks and say, listen, I won't eat you if you don't eat me. But uh, Jones Beach, you know, is quite, uh, it's quite north Long Island and there are big white sharks out there. And jellyfish. Ron's afraid of sharks. I guess I am too. No, I'm not. But I love to watch shark movies. No, I'm not afraid of a shark. I don't like going into some place that I can't fight. If the shark came out of the water and walked on the beach and I could punch it around, I wouldn't <laughs> be afraid of it. But the son of a bitch has me at a disadvantage because he's in the water. I can't see him and he could bite me. So I don't go in water. I like swimming pools. I like hot tubs. No, I don't like hot tubs because they spread germs. Swimming pools, so, and those hot tubs, you know. I remember a friend of mine, and I won't mention her name because she'll kill herself, but I was at her house on Long Island, and she was a multi-multi-millionaire married to one of the largest sneaker manufacturers in the country. And she developed some kind of chlamydia or gonorrhea or something, and her husband was going to divorce her because he thought she was cheating. And she said, no, 
Well, they later found that somehow someone had whatever, chlamydia, whatever it was, and went in the jacuzzi, another woman, and it traveled through the hot water to her. Well, the husband bought it, and he forgave her and said, honey, I'm sorry. Years later, they, bought it. They, they proved that was impossible. Sperm and germs do not travel through uh, 102 degrees of That's jacuzzi. That's safe to be in there. Yeah, but I don't know about that. <laughs> So if any of you girls out there, right, so if any of you girls out there are fooling around and you get the clap, just tell your husband you caught it in a the jacuzzi. There you go. So we're going to take another music break and then we're going to talk a little bit more and then we're going to call our next guest. And our next music place is a song we've never played before. This is like a song. I've been trying to get this band to come on the show, but they're older gentlemen. And this is like the Jimmy and Ron song. The name of the song is Give Me Just a Little More Time. And, oh. the, and the name of the band is Chairman of the Board. And this is one of Ron's favorite songs. When I was dating Jimmy, I said this is our song because I needed a little more time. Jimmy was gun-ho fast, quick, ready to fall madly in love and get married. I need a little more time. And I said, Jim, this is our song. So this is it, everybody. Chairman of the Board, give me just a little more time. Sleep. 
Okay, so that was chairman of the board. The name of the song is Give Me Just a Little More Time. I didn't think anybody would know this. Everybody in the chat room knows it. And Jimmy did give me time. And guess what? We got married. Yay! But I love these guys, and I wish these guys would come on our show. That would make me so happy if they came on my birthday and gave me the birthday present of singing this song for us. I love them. I think they're they're fabulous. All their music is great. And they're older guys, but what am I? A chicken? I'm old, too. So, you know, they could come on. Everybody liked it, though. I didn't even think people actually knew that song. Oh, it's a great song. It was very big back in the day, and I loved that song. And it, it means a lot. Give me just a little more time, and our love will surely grow. And, you know, there's always one in a romance that's faster than the other. Jimmy was very anxious to uh, throw a net over me so that nobody else would get me, and I love that. I have to do that, though, because if you guys saw every time we go out, everybody, like, fucking pushes me out of the way to fucking talk to him. No. Then you would realize, no. like, I had to no. do it. Jimmy was upset because I was dating five guys, well, four guys plus Jimmy at the same time, and he thought one of them would bag me. So he was pushy, pushy, pushy. Maybe they all bagged you, bud. Nobody bagged me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that kind of boy. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something, kiddo. No, wrong. It's from I, the 70s. You guys are right. It's from the 70s. I had to know somebody before I slept with them. I didn't just sleep with a stranger. You never know. They didn't take a shower. They got a disease. You know, <laughs> I mean, you got you, you to be, you know, careful. <laughs> yeah. Well, unlike some people we know who slept with everybody who couldn't care less and who bragged about it. You. Oh. Ugh, we passed a gay bar and Jimmy said, that's my second home. <laughs> that's not true <laughs> because that's funny though lady like knew that she says i know that song because i'm that old everybody in the chat room was probably like old enough to like know who yeah, it that is that came out in, in like 75 or 76 it was a motown you know i had all the albums god i wish i had my motown albums today i had about maybe oh i don't know maybe 75 80 100 albums of all motown performers and singers I used to buy them all the time. And, you know, albums back then were $2.50 an album for 12 songs. Imagine, uh, LP. So you could buy, you know, you could buy records. They're coming um, back now, records. Everybody's buying them again, vinyl. But you can afford them back then. Although the songs now are $1.99 each song, that's a lot. So if you buy 12 songs, it's 12, 14, 15 bucks. But back then, you got a whole LP. Sometimes they would go on sale for $1.29, $1.50 an album. Then I would really clean up and pull all the... I mean, I had Marvin Gaye, who I love to death. What a sin when his father killed him, that jerk. Marvin Gaye was... He was gay, but he was wonderful. Ain't no mountain high enough with Tammy Sherelle and Marvin Gaye. Oh, my God. That song still thrills me when I hear it today. Ain't no mountain high it's, um, enough. It's a great song. And you should listen to it, folks. Go go buy it. It's, it's probably the best version of it. The Supremes did a good job with it. But Marvin Gaye and Tammy Sherelle, Motown, nothing like it, baby. Nothing like if it. If you're in the chat room, what are some of your like favorite like songs, older songs that aren't like today's songs from the like Motown and stuff? Uh, they're all saying talking about 45s, and I think B wrote that uh, it went so fast, but I think she wrote that uh, Chairman of the Board are going on tour in May in the U.S., which that'll probably get canceled. Oh, but I <laughs> wish they would come on our show. Please, We're get them. Chairman, my birthday present. I love you guys so much. I really do, and I want you on my on my show for my birthday. My birthday is uh, May twenty eighth. Is there a Wednesday around that time? I'm sure there is. I don't know. 
you know, I'll be 80, but not really. That's like a mistake. I'll be maybe 50, let's say. But I can't be 50 because my daughter's a year older than me. She'll be, she's 51. So it's going to be hard to tell people. May 28th is a Thursday, so on the 27th is your birthday. Okay, so chairman of the board, please come on our show the 27th. And you I, guys tweet to them. <laughs> and I also want, and I know she's going to come on, is my other sweetie pie. Which is who? Oh, you know who I love. Who? I can't think of her name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a part of my... I love her. Cece Peniston. She'll come on and she's going to sing finally for me because I love that song too. I'm going to have all my favorite people come on uh, for my birthday. That's going to be my birthday show. All the famous songs that I love and the people that sang them are going to come on and sing for me for my birthday. And if Cece's not working that day, I know she'll do it. They're on Twitter, you guys, too. Uh, uh, if you uh, go on Twitter, what their Twitter is, but I know they're on Twitter. I don't know why I went keep going in and out like that. That was weird. It seems like it went in and out. Well, a lot of people are going in and out. That's why there's going to be so many children born with everybody being cooped up. That's what they predict. The birth rate is going to go up because husbands now are not working. You know, they're all home all day long. And the poor housewives, they have to cook, clean, and put out. Poor women, I feel sorry Somebody for in them. the chat room, I went so fast that I... Uh, I heard it through the grapevine. They like I heard it through the grapevine. That's Marvin oh. Gaye too, isn't it? No. Who's I, I heard it through the grapevine? I heard it through the grapevine. I love my version, of course, is Tina Turner's version of I heard it through the grapevine. Uh, I heard it through the grapevine was, what do you call I can't think right now. I'm bad at names, and especially now that I'm getting older. You know, I look at my daughters sometimes, and I say, which one are you? Who are you? What is your name? And they tell me their names. <laughs> do you ever do that with your kids? Especially if they upset me for something and I'm getting upset. I go, listen. He to, does to, that to me, too. He doesn't know who I am. Well, either. sometimes I call him Stephen, a guy I used to date for five years. And Jimmy gets pissed off with that when I say Stephen. I heard it through the grapevine. It was written by Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong for Motown Records. Gladys Knight and the Pips did the first recording of it. That's, that's an oldie. A hundred people have made it. I love, I know Gladys is a version of it. Meanwhile, Gladys did a fabulous number a few years ago, which I don't know where. And Marvin Gaye did it. Yeah, Marvin Gaye did it, right. Vasi Lowe. Did you ever hear Vasi Lowe? Oh, I don't like that one. Oh, come on. Gladys I'll Knight. Play it. We'll play it next week, maybe, oh, if I can it's, remember. It's, it's a Portuguese song, Brazilian, and it's sung in, in Portuguese. And Vasi Lowe. Oh, my God, is it fabulous. I was living in Florida at the time, and when it came out, you couldn't even buy it. We didn't have the buy on Ron. Oh, my God, Ron loves it. You had to buy the actual tape. And I love that. Vasilo. Gladys Knight is probably one of our best uh, Motown performers. All the girls over at Motown were fabulous. Even, Even Diana Ross. I don't care for her personality, but... I love some of her music. Oh, she's got great music. Yeah. I mean, we used to dance, baby, baby, where did our love go? All that stuff. She was good. But not a nice person, but a talented singer. You got to, like, love it. Lady Lake says she wants to be a Pips. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the Pips. Awesome, Gladys Knight and the Pips. You know, I go back to when I was about seven or eight years old, and my sister would have on the radio... um, 
the inks we used to get a channel i think it came out of harlem because the white channels would never play black people's music in those days it had to be frank sinatra dar's day or forget it black people were like uh uh don't bring them in your home your children will become you know what lovers anyway we used to get a channel i believe it came out of harlem and it was an all black soul channel and my sister and i used to go in the bedroom and listen to it on her radio and I remember the ink spots singing, if I didn't care for you. What a great song it was. And black people started performing back then on radio stations that were suddenly starting to carry black vocalists. Well, Barry came along and he created Motown. And that broke the ice, baby. That's when all the great music the rhythm and blues, the soul music, the sexy music, the Marvin Gaye's and all the other great singers came out. Then Johnny Mantis came out in 50, that's 50, that's my favorite singer of all the world in the world. And I love him as a man. I, I've met Johnny many times and he's a sweetie pie. In fact, he's going to be in Temecula, you know, Temecula. Temecula, Temecula. Yeah, maybe we should drive, if we're allowed out of here, we should drive down and, and watch his show and go backstage and, and say hi. Take we can some. get backstage. Huh? We can get backstage. I can get backstage. All right. Well, so anyway, now we're going to like work on our next guest. Oh, okay. We're ready. All right, everybody. So listen up. While we're calling our next guest, we're going to rock it out a little bit. And uh, this is a song that I freaking like love. And it's filthy and it's dirty and it's loud and it's rock and roll. Oh, my uh, God. It's going to make our show sleazy. I, it definitely makes our show sleazy. And the name of the group is Buck Cherry. And the name of the song is Crazy Bitch. And we're going to play it for you now oh while we get God. our while Bo- we get our guest on the show. So here you go. Vulgarity. Enjoy Bo- Crazy Bo- Bitch by Buck Cherry. Place. And now you got to freak me out Scream so loud Getting fucking laid You want me to stay But I got to make my way Hey, y'all crazy bitch But you fuck so good I'm on top of it when I dream I'm doing you all night Stretches all down my back to keep me right on Hey, y'all crazy bitch But you fuck so good I'm on top of it when I dream I'm doing you all night Scratch yourself down my back to keep me right on Take it all The paper is your game You jump in bed with fame Another one night painted for You're so fine It won't be a loss Cashing in the rocks Just to get you face to face Y'all crazy bitch, but you fuck so good I'm on top of it when I dream I'm doing you all night Scratches all down my back to keep me right on, hey Y'all crazy bitch, but you fuck so good I'm on top of it when I dream I'm doing you all night Scratches all down my back to keep me right on Bitch, 
crazy bitch Crazy bitch Hey, you're crazy bitch But you fuck so good I'm on top of it when I dream I'm doing you all night Sketches all down my back to keep my right on Hey, you're crazy bitch But you fuck so good I'm on top of it when I dream I'm doing you all night Sketches all down my back Come on Baby girl You want it all To be a sire Crazy bitch, and I play that specifically because we have superstar music journalist Teddy Darling coming on, and let's just make sure we can hear her first. Say something. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me? Yay, we can hear you. And how do I actually really pronounce your last name? Is it Darling, like Darling, or how do you do it? Well, it's uh, originally Swedish, so it's called Darlene. But ah. you can say you can say Darling. You if you say Darling, I'll say Sweetheart. Darlene, I like that though. How cool is that? All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, music journalist, author, uh, superstar Teddy Darlene. <laughs> How was that? That was good, right? Hey, do you know Buck Cherry? Have you heard that Buck Cherry song before? Yeah, I have actually. It's great. Yeah, I fucking love that song. I'm okay, st- I'm still in shock. God's <laughs> <laughs> never heard it. The, the guy that wrote. <laughs> the stupid, the stupid jerk that wrote that one bad notice we got in nine years. He said she doesn't sh- know what you're talking. About. Well, anyway, he said our show was sleazy. I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> our show's not sleazy. No, we just got our first bad review on iTunes, and somebody oh, said our show. Right. Our show. Somebody wrote that I, we have like millions of people who watch every week, and somebody actually sent a thing saying that we're sleazy and disgusting perverts, basically. <laughs> and he feels sorry for the guests that come on because they're not going to go anywhere, and that we're evil. Meanwhile, we have some of the biggest names out there coming on and have been on our show. I mean, super Academy Award winners. And they're not going anywhere, according to this jerk. Oh, okay. there's always some there's always oh. some trolls out there, aren't they? Oh, this this one's a real crackpot because his name is uh what is his name? Carl Loverfeld. Uh, Carl Loverfeld. Instead of oh. Carl Lagerfeld. You know, not yeah. even a real name. So anyway, screw him. So what do you do? Tell me about you. I have no idea who you are. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, I started out, uh, writing a book back in 2012 and, um, I had a bad experience with a UK publisher. So I thought I'd do it myself. Why? Why? What was the bad experience? Oh, no, it was just, uh, they didn't represent me the way that I expected to be. Um, they never, they never do. What's the big shock? <laughs> uh, well, as I am now a publisher myself, um, I hope I actually do. I've uh, built up the business through the last eight years, and we represent some quite well-known people. And it's all based on my first book, which is a Vicious Love Story, because I knew Sid Vicious back in the days. 
You didn't just know him, though, right? You had like a little whirlwind oh, wait, romance. Can, can I hold on for one minute? Could you, could you kindly lower your camera? Because we have so much books ahead sorry. of you and less of you. <laughs> Let's see I'm more so of sorry. you. Okay, but, can you see me now? But, I'm but, okay. Oh. Well, you're so pretty. Why? I don't want to look at you. books. <laughs> You're pretty. You. You're prettier than your books. Hang on, no, hang too, on. too much. Too no, much. Now it's too much. Too now much. we cut some oh, of the sorry. top of your head off. Go back. Go back. There you go. No, a little more. Okay. There you go. That's there okay. you go. Perfect. So perfect. here, let me let me tell everybody first, real quick, you guys, before we start talking about Sid Vicious. So Teddy uh, owns New Haven Publishing. It's deeply anchored in music and entertainment, business publishing, books, and deluxe magazines. Um, uh, she was a translator for the 1977 Sex Pistols Scandinavian tour when she was 16. That's scandalous in itself. Her first book is called was called The Vicious Love Story, and they have put out books. Uh, one of the reasons I was so excited to have her on is because one of my favorite like groups of like the I guess that's the 80s or 80s or, must be the 80s or early 90s was this twin brother Bros. Yes. <laughs> And the guy on the the right is Luke Goss. I think I don't know. They're twins, so I don't know who is who. I looking on there, but this yeah, is, Luke's on the right. This is Luke, and that's uh, Matt. And and so Luke is coming on our show. I've been tweeting with him and sending messages. He's been traveling, but he's going now. He's going to be stuck, so he's going to be coming on. And that's like one of my favorite like European boy bands. And they did a song called "When Will I Be Famous." It's like the greatest song ever. And now oh, they're both coming really, on our show. They'll never and be they're, famous. And they're and, uh, <laughs> and they're already really famous. Actually, he stars in the the movie "The Hard Way" that Churchill wrote. That's on Netflix right now. Okay. And he's a great okay, actor, okay. and his brother. I want to get personal before we get into business. Do you know how many beauties are Swedish and they all came from Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah. know who? Um, let, let, let's start with one that came from Sweden and her name is, uh, dear God, my mind just went again. Oh, I love her so much. She La, might have done La a Dolce, book on her. La Dolce Vita. The star of La Dolce Vita, the blonde. Anita Ekberg. All right. Okay. She was, she was Miss Sweden. Arlene Dahl, the actress, is from from Minnesota. Burt Reynolds' ex-wife, what's her name? Lonnie Anderson. Minnesota. Are they Swedish, too? Yes. Tippi Hedren. But she's not from Sweden. Wait. She's from Norway. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. Is it all the same thing? They're all blonde beauty. They're all beautiful <laughs> and blonde. No, he's, just linking, he's just linking you in with all the beautiful European women. That's all the compliment. The, the, the Swedes and Norwegians, they all have this wonderful look about them. Also, Tippi Hedren. From Michigan, mm. and she was. Uh, I Tippy was Swedish. She might not know who Tippy Hedren. She's a music. She's like Eileen. That's actually how we met, Teddy. Tippy Hedren was in the Birds. Alfred Hitchcock's Birds. How could you not know her? But anyway, <laughs> so I'm wondering why do all the beautiful women with blonde hair and little noses and gorgeous faces are Swedish and Norwegian? I mean, what is with those people? They really may bang out great-looking kids. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I think it's just like an ethnic thing that you've got beautiful people from Brazil who are dark, and and you've got people from Scandinavia who are blonde. And I actually don't have blue eyes, so it, we don't all look the same. <laughs> no, but to me they do. But they, they all, all have gorgeous. little noses and great teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, they all have beautiful. T I know. I know Tippy, and I know uh, Arlene Dahl. Uh, do you know who Anita Ekberg was? Um, yeah, I think so. She's she's a bit, you know, like the older generation, like yeah, the fifties, sixties. 
she would be about 90 now if she was still alive. Uh, she was magnificently beautiful. But anyway, we got over that. Now we can go to your book. Tell me what it's about. Do I want to read it? Well, um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it depends on, I think it's a book that's quite niche for people that um, experience the, the uh, punk rock era in the late 70s and that um, really like the Sex Pistols and want to know more about them. I hadn't, uh, you know, anticipated writing a book at all until I was um, approached by a Norwegian author who was writing about the Scandinavian tour of 77, of which I was on. Um, it happened by accident is my stepfather is from Liverpool in the UK and the um, Norwegian tour uh, uh, organiser had asked him to be like the translator. Um, that summer of 77, they were supposed to come and Johnny Rotten and Paul Cook got beaten up quite badly because even though they were very famous, they didn't, they weren't making a lot of money and they still had to take the tube into London. And Oh, wow. Yeah. So they were delayed by two months. And so my stepfather said, no, I can't do this anymore. He was under the impression that this was a country and Western band because we called them the Pistols. <laughs> and that is the only reason I was allowed to take his place for the Norway way leg of the uh, Scandinavian tour so and I didn't like it I was you know I was into to uh, Donna Summer and the Bee Gees I was at the disco <laughs> I was so but I thought I'll do this and then the promoter would probably use me for other bands which he did uh, uh, later but this was just like you know yawn get through it and um, I just had the most fun of my life uh, John Rotten, John Lydon, he is the most funniest person you could ever wish to meet. He's brilliant and so uh, cracked me up totally. And Sid oh, Vicious nice. was a really cute guy. So is your book a tell-all? No, no. I've kept my. I have children. I don't want to go into details about things that happened when I was 16. Sid was 20. So I do go into it, but I kind of, I do it. You know, uh, I keep okay. it. Concerned. Question. Question. I have questions. Like, when, your <laughs> when, when your children are 16 and they write a book, will you read it or blush? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I didn't write it when I was 16. I, I actually experienced this when I was 16 and um, uh, later got married and had my children and haven't even, you know, like cast a thought about it, except, this, of course, when Sid died and all this happened in 79. But um, it wasn't until 2010 when I was asked about it and people were talking about that I was on the tour and that I knew these guys very well. And I've got photographs and things to share. So, I helped a Norwegian author write his book first. And then the Norwegian press sort of went, oh, who's she? We've got to find out more about her. So I decided, you know, I'll tell my story myself. And I did. And as came the bad experience with the UK publisher, and then I started myself. And then other people in the music and entertainment business started joining our uh, publishing company. So we represent... We represented Luke Goss, Susie Quattro, a lot of 
quite famous. We had Susie oh. Quattro. We've had Susie Quattro on the show. Oh, like, oh she's lovely. Oh, she's yeah. lovely. She probably she's got a couple of more books coming out with me very soon. So you could probably have her on again. I'm sure she. Yeah, does. that would be fun. Yeah, she was yeah. very nice. So we should say. Let me let me do some bragging. So first of all, you guys, uh, you guys, everybody remember Mickey Burns, who was on our show, the talk yep. show host from New York. He has a book that she has putting out through yeah. New Haven Publishing. It's called. Um, uh, from oh the God. projects to profiles. To the profiles. That's yeah, right. That's from it. The, from the projects to profiles. That's Mickey Burns. Uh, Eileen Shapiro has a book coming out. You guys, I forgot what yeah. it's called. Eileen, what's your book called? Searching for Adam or Looking for Adam or something. And, and it's, it's all about her romance with Adam Ant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's going to be putting out a book for Scott Page. Mental, mental and, romance. Uh, <laughs> no, she's, she's, like she puts out phenomenal, phenomenal. She puts out for Adam Ant. No, 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 no that's no, not what it's about. No, that's not what it's about. No, Eileen is going to, Eileen's book is going to be a movie. And I have a part. No, in that's movie. different. Two different things. Two uh, different things. Sorry, yes, it's a different thing. Two things. Two different <laughs> things. Eileen, sorry. It's called waiting for Adam. She wrote in here, waiting for Adam. And she's been waiting for him for forty years. <laughs> it's going to be a great book. We're all in and it. And she you guys. can wait forty more years. We're all going to be in it. I'm writing that forward for it. I can't wait for it to come out. We're going to promote the shit out of it. Um, so you had a little bit though of a romance with with uh, Sid, right? Yeah. So I, because I have questions and I actually wrote them down so I could think about it. I wrote. Remember, she has children. That's Keep a, it no, nice. it's gonna be clean. No, don't worry. You only had a romance for a minute with Sid. Did he have such an impact on you that you felt inspired to write the book? And why did you take such a long time to release it? And I guess you waited because he died like a long time ago. I, w I had no inclination. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Who is Sid? For those of you. Sid who vicious. Who's that? Sid Vicious was the bass player of the Sex, the sex pistols. pistols. Okay, you know what? Me and a million other people don't know. Okay, you guys, we're talking about the Sex Pistols, who who used to get all this stuff designed by Vivian Westwood, who was my favorite yeah. designer, who I met when I was in, on vacation in the UK. It's fabulous. Okay, so now we the know the biggest, who he most is. famous punk rock band in the history was, of music. Was he cute? Yes, he was very cute. Actually, I didn't meet Sid Vicious. I met a guy that called himself John Simon Ritchie, and he introduced himself to me. It's it's quite funny how we met because the the band had come. Uh, to Norway and we were going to the hotel to check them in and I had seen a poster of the, of the Sex Pistols and I were, as I said I was absolutely not interested and I thought their music was horrible <laughs> and uh, they were in the reception at the hotel and there was this guy lying on a red sofa and he was fast asleep on the sofa in the reception and we were trying to check them in the hotel had put them on the first two floors of uh, the hotel, sort of away from the other guests because, you know, they were known to party. And I'd seen, the poster I'd seen was with uh, Glenn Matlock, who was the original bassist. So I didn't recognize this guy. And there was a lot of uh, fighting going on because there was only one suite on that floor of the hotel. And John Rotten and Steve Jones were going at it like crazy. So I just sat down at the end of the of the sofa where the guy was sleeping and he woke up and the first thing he saw was me and it just went boom, you know, like when you meet someone and you just like click straight away. That's and, when I met Ron. Yeah. <laughs> and um then we, we just started talking and we got on like a house on fire. So he introduced himself to me as John and the um, actually the stories out there that I know John Lydon's been telling that um, he was called Sid Vicious because John Lydon's hamster bit him and that was from school days. That's a load of crap. Um, 
it was it was actually their manager Malcolm McLaren who decided that he was supposed oh, to be. Yeah, Malcolm. I love Malcolm McLaren. Do you? Oh, he's a prick. It was a prick. Oh, he's a prick? <laughs> yeah. I love, I love his music. He doesn't have any music. He's a manager. Yeah, he's a manager. No, no. Are we talking about the same one? No, you're no it's probably I'm not. About the singer who made that wonderful song called Fans, F-A-N-S. Malcolm McLaren has an album out called Fans, F-A-N-S. Is it the same Michael? Malcolm. 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 I I don't think so. Probably not. Um, He was just, you know, like uh, their manager. And he decided that um, John... He's right. It is. There's an album. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite albums. He has all this oriental music in it. It's a wonderful album. Oh, right. I don't. He's a prick. Now I'm not going to like his music, but I he love. He tried to it, it says he was. It was his su- successful attempt at fusing opera with 80s R&B. Beautiful. And it contains adaptations of pieces from famous operas such as Madame Butterfly and Carmen. Yes. It is that Malcolm McLaren. Wow. And his oh, album. Wow. One of my favorite albums. I still play it. Now okay. that he's a. I'm not going to enjoy it. That's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was, uh, at the time, he had decided that Sid Vicious was supposed to be like this. Obviously, he saw that the guy had a lot of charisma, but um, he'd only been in the band for four months and he was just on like a trial basis because they just kicked out Glenn uh, Matlock. And he would sometimes not even answer to Sid. We would talk to him and say, and he wouldn't know that we were talking to him unless you went, oh, stop, John, John, listen, you know. So that was like the early days. And this was um, probably very early for her, for Sid and Nancy as well. I didn't know. Did you ever meet Nancy? Hang on, because this is important. Everybody okay. wants to know this because you don't know the story, but everybody no, else but was does. was he loaded? Sorry? Or was oh, he you loaded? Mean if he was doing drugs. That's um, why he wasn't answering. You had to get his attention. No, 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 in- no. No, oh. no. But by, uh, at the time, he'd only been in the band for about four months. Um, he was very dedicated. It was like a dream come true for him. Of course, I'm sure he did drugs, but I don't think he was on heroin. At, we, had, uh, we had an after party after the first show, and there was this guy came up, this, this dealer that came up with drugs. And there were two English girls there that uh, used to work for Vivian Westwood. They came over... Um, to meet us there at the hotel. They were quite late coming in and they sort of uh, sourced the drugs. And what I noticed, um, I didn't know much about drugs. And for me, like if you're a heroinist, you're like really, um, (laughs) I don't know, it's, you're just not there. It it would never have, I would never have spoken to him if I ever knew he would have taken that. But during the evening he disappeared into the room and he came back and he was very very animated and i have later learned that if you take heroin you go really tired whereas if you take speed you will be um it was called speed balling yeah he did i did see him inject that which really freaked me out and i told him that if you do that ever again in my presence i'm out of here and it, i mean it lasted like 10 minutes um, the relationship I had with Sid it was like just a couple of days. So, um, how cool is that? Did you fall in love with him? 
Yeah, I was 16. I was totally head on my And I was was sure that he was too, you know, like by the way he was acting. But then I was told about Nancy. What happened was Sid and Nancy were not non-exclusive. They could be with whoever they wanted. And he'd been seeing her on and off. Now, the day before he was going on the Scandinavian tour, there were two things happening. Sid had been accused of throwing a glass at the 100 Club in London on Oxford Street, 100 Oxford Street. And this glass broke and went into a lady's eye and she was actually blinded. So he wasn't completely sure whether he was going on the tour or not. He had been given an apartment in Maida Vale, um, which he had given Nancy the key to. You know, she could come and crash whenever she wanted. And then he was going on tour. The thing was, he came back to the flat the day he was leaving in the morning and found Nancy there with his worst enemy. Now, I can't for the life of me remember who it was. I seem to remember it was somebody in the music business who played a non-rock and roll instrument. Like might have been like the why, fiddle. Why don't, you, or, why, why don't you just call him Donald Trump? Because everybody blames Donald <laughs> Trump for everything. Okay. Hey, no, wait, wait, finish. Go, go, go. All right. Okay. So he got really angry. So when I met him, um, she was... Uh, considered right really disloyal he called her a whore he didn't want anything to do with her he was really angry so that was the Sid that I met so wait did you ever get to meet Nancy no 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 he wanted me to come to uh, my mother is a chef and the first city we were in it was really small and it spread like wildfire do you know your daughter is there partying with a load of punk rockers so first thing she did was to take my passport and she hid it for <laughs> six months. She hid it for six months because Sid wanted me to go on the tour with them back to Sweden and then on to England. But of course I couldn't. So it was pretty much, you know, like stuck. So everybody, now, wait, hang on, hang on. You were 16, right? Yeah. And he was how old? 20. 20. So he's a pedophile, and he calls a pedophile <laughs> calls a woman a whore. I love that. I love how people in glass houses shouldn't throw Back stones. Back then, though, it wasn't. No, but he called the other lady a whore. That's okay. Uh, he's a pedophile. He could have been arrested for rape. Don't you watch that Mariska Coggety show? Oh, yeah, Law and Order. Uh, Law and Order. You guys have Law and Order SVU in your country? No, no. <laughs> okay, okay. So they, I have a they question. They deal in teenagers being raped by men. Okay, so okay. Hold on. This, this is actually a question that was No submitted. rape took place. This, this, was submitted, this was submitted by Eileen, actually, um, and it has to do with Sid and Nancy. It says, the story of Sid and Nancy was probably one of the most tragic love stories of all time with him actually stabbing Nancy while supposedly high. Did you ever think... Stabbing had you? you? No, I'm not Nancy. Oh, he stabbed a whore. No, yeah, no, I don't oh. think he did. No, I don't believe he did. Absolutely not. Oh, she wrote, did you ever think that your relationship, if your relationship had continued, that might have been you? Um, When this happened, which was just like a year and a half after, uh, what happened was when, when the Sex Pistols went back to the UK, um, Malcolm McLaren thought that this relationship between them was so um, fiery and they were fighting all the time that he made another Scandinavian tour to get Sid out of the UK and back to Scandinavia. Um, I like to believe that probably I would have been better for him than her because we didn't have that sort of chemistry where we fought or anything. Right. Um, that violent chemistry. But I, 
yeah, in my book, I actually um, decided to reconnect with a lot of people who were there, such as we have um, we had a roadie at the time called <laughs> Rodent. <laughs> he looks like a rat. Sorry. <laughs> and um, there's a guy who played with. Uh, he was with Sid and Nancy on the night that Nancy died. He's called Neon Leon or Leon. Mack. Oh wait a minute! Nancy he, died. He killed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, somebody oh, killed. Somebody, somebody killed, killed her. her. Somebody fatally stabbed her. Yes. So now, she was the whore, right? Yes. Nancy yeah. Gahua got stabbed by somebody. Yes. And and, and they're blaming uh, Sid. They they actually they arrested uh, Neon Leon, who's also one of my authors, um, because he was the only black guy there. They'd had dinner together on the night that she was stabbed. They went back to the room and they were still quite, you know, doing a lot of heavy drugs. And the um, consensus is that Sid got angry with her and stabbed her. I don't believe that. Not in a million years. Not in... No, I don't. I don't. I might, so, okay. so, what, what, so what do you think it yeah, is? I gotta, I gotta, is it like everything else, blame it on the black guy? I think that one was when they actually arrested Neon Leon because what happened was they were all staying at the Chelsea Hotel in New York and Neon Leon started getting death threats. So he had to get out of town and he kind of told people he was going to Jamaica and instead he went to Sweden and, you know, he had to lay low for quite some time. He's also got a book with us. <laughs> this is not a book. This is a movie. Yeah, I want to see Sid, this. Sid and Nancy is a movie. It's one of the most famous. This has like, got to be definitely. a great movie. Flick the book. <laughs> Write a screenplay. This, I'm is, sure. this is a fabulous, dishy story. Actually, I'm I a producer. It. I can help produce that. I actually. love it. I love your story. <laughs> and I love the way you tell it. Thank you. You got my interest. You're fabulous. I love you. Thank you. I'm, so, I'm sorry I don't know you. So hang on. Let's, oh, wait, I, if we have time, we'll so go back to that. So wait a minute. Well, I'm, interested, got, I'm, no, interested, I'm interested in Nancy the whore. Now, where was she from? <laughs> um, I bel I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. She was from the same town as uh, the guy we call Neon Leon. And he was a musician, I think, out of New Jersey. I'm not sure. I think so. He's written so, his so she was an, Nancy was an American. Nancy was an American. She's everybody knows who Nancy Spungen is. I don't know who um, she is. Okay, so I guess it's like uh, people that are so, into so punk. Tell tell people like me who is Nancy the whore? Sid and Nancy. She was. Who's Sid and Nancy? Sid is the one from the Sex Pistols. I know Sid is her boyfriend, so he's from the Pistols. The I know Sex Pistols. I know the Sex Nancy Pistols. And that was the girlfriend. Like, no, Nancy was like a a super groupie, so oh, she, so she was hang a, around, a yeah. Groupie. She was a group. She would hang around all the bands, and it was. She came over to London in 1977. Uh, was she pretty? Was she pretty? She was quite cute, I think. Uh, she came over with Johnny Thunders, and you know these guys. Um, yeah. You guys can watch what, the movie Sid and Nancy. It's like one. Yeah, of the, I want to watch. It's one of the most. I want to watch Most well-known like rock and roll love stories in the history of time. Well, now she's got me interested. I definitely want to watch that movie. Now, is Malcolm dead? Yes. When did he croak? Um, <laughs> I think it's about <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. Ten years oh, ago. He died that long ago. Yeah. So hold on. So one thing too is I. Like, so wait. So the. I have questions. So we wait, only have a few minutes. So the I gotta, saying no, is that the, the evil live forever is not true. 
the die young, the good die youngs, that's not true. Sid always knew he was going to die young. I remember we were talking about, you know, like where we go from here. You've got to keep away from Nancy. And he said, you've got to come to London. We've got to make all this, these plans. And then I was talking about, you know, like the future, as you do when you're 16 and you're in love and you're already you know, calculating how many children you're going to have and stuff. And then he said, no, I don't think... I, I don't think I'm going to be here that long. I've always known that I wouldn't live. So did he, did he overdose? Um, uh, yes, he did. He was, he, he he was arrested. He was arrested in 79 and uh, living in New York for Nancy's death. And then he was let out and on the first evening. And I've also, in my book, uh, people who were at this party at his new girlfriend's house, um, uh, a guy called Howie Pyro. We have a, a, a lady who is um, a photographer who is also around like the Maxis, Kansas City. She was in London with Neon Leon and um, she's called Eileen Polk. She was a photographer. She was there. She's also heavily in my book telling what happened on the night that Sid died. And one minute he was fine and the next he'd overdosed on heroin. Although there was supposedly no heroin at the party. So they, well, they always, they Malcolm, always. Malcolm McLaren died in 2010, somebody wrote in the chat room. They always clean oh, up. Yeah. So one thing, say he, say hello to John Robb for us. He's been on the show twice. Oh, has he? And, oh, uh, I John. I mean, and I know that you know John Robb, so yeah. he's a fabulous, what a wonderful guy. We like love having him on the show. And then, okay, so, well, so let's. I'm fascinated. No, I know, but we want we don't well, have a. I'm going to say one more thing, and that's okay, it. Okay, well, we got to go because we got four minutes. You or know something. what? I want to read your book, and I don't really care for rock and roll people, but I'll read your book because this story is so gossipy, dishy, and juicy. Absolutely. Send it to me signed, please. Yes, and I will. It's such Absolutely. a juicy, it's such a juicy story. I want more. <laughs> I love it. This, oh, this beats great. Peyton. Remember Peyton Place? This beats Peyton Place. So you guys, one thing too, you can follow 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 Teddy on all your Everybody social buy her on all book. your social media. It's T E D D I E D A H L I N. You can find her on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, so your company is called New Haven Publishing. Uh, Eileen told me you published. Uh, she's got a friend named Tommy Kennedy. I don't know who he is, but you've published his book. You yeah. guys, the the Bros book. Um, she's published the Burns book. Yeah, I've got um, uh, just like name dropping now. I've got yeah, a guy called name drop. yeah David Aisha. He was in Ram Jam. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. like Betty. Yep. Yeah. So yep. he's one of mine. Um, the basis for the Trogs, the '60s band. Uh, Peter Staples, he's one of mine and the lady who was married to the front and vocals of the birds, Roger McGinn his ex-wife uh, Iantha McGinn, she has a brilliant book out uh, with us too so we've got, yeah, and Susie and there's lots of other, I hope I had I haven't forgotten anyone. Oh, and I've got this guy. This book you should absolutely read. You should have him on your show. This guy made all of the covers for the LPs that were like huge, like Rolling Stones, Uriah Heep, everything. Um, yeah. He's like called Dave Fields, and that's another book that we've got. Do you guys, do you sell books off of your website, or do they have to go to, a, go to like a bookstore to get them? You can get them everywhere good books are sold, like Barnes & Noble, everywhere. You can go to our website and get them. You get them on waterstones.com. So tell everybody, what is your, oh, Waterstones is big. So tell everybody, what is the actual website? 
Our website is New Haven Publishing Ltd, which stands for limited.com. Okay, so New Haven Publishing Ltd.com, you guys, you can see her different things. Um, I love reading books. You know why? I love the smell of books. Yeah, it, as opposed to an, an ebook, right? I agree totally. I love the smell of books. I don't know why. It's like a, a weird thing. But when I when I go into libraries, oh, how I love that smell. <laughs> Do you have oh, any old other, books? It's like a perfume. Do you have any other books, like any any other like Bros or Luke Goss books coming out? Um, no, we did the Bros. It's it's Bros, not Bros. Uh, okay, okay, Bros. <laughs> Bros. Um, we did the book that went with the film When the Screaming Stops. Okay. Uh, which was made by we had a photographer who was actually on that tour and then Luke had a a, a a book with us afterwards telling how he experienced it and how stressful it was where he went into the desert and sort of uh, thought about life and you know like things in general I love all the, I love I love yeah. all the boy, like take that like I love all like the I like all that British like boy band junk that you guys probably hate this is gonna be a, <laughs> no this is really a good book you know as I said before I am not a a, a metal what is it called metal rock, rock and roll he was punk though I'm gonna be 80 oh, in May oh, yeah. in, in May I'll be 80 oh wow so, um, yeah, so I'm from Doris Day and and Johnny Mantis days. You know what I mean? To me, rock heavy metal when it came out was noise. You know, we didn't like it because it was suffocating the, the wonderful ballads that Frank Sinatra did. So I was never a rock and roll person. Then I met Eileen Shapiro years ago, and I've come up to date because of Eileen, because Eileen oh, is good. the ultimate rock and roll reporter. I mean, nobody reports rock like uh, Eileen does. Oh, she's great. She, uh, and Adam Ant, I mean, she's, you know, she stood there and she checks out his crotch and tells you how big he is. <laughs> I mean, she does things beyond belief. Oh, my God. She's a pig. Look at you, like, freaking around. No, no, she I'm does. Gonna, she is so hot. She, this she is just is so uh, hot. One minute. We have one minute. Can I, can I so just hot. mention another book that sure. we've got coming out by a yes. uh, U.S. Um, rock and roller? He's called Adam Bomb, and he's got 911 was disconnected. Now, Billy Idol was the best man at his wedding, and oh, that cool. book is just full of stuff like that. That's that's yeah. Eileen's next one. No, Hang on, we got to go though. We Eileen go. has been stalking him for years. I should what, say. Well, Billy Idol. Or Adam no, Adam and Billy Idol. And Adam Ant is so unattractive. Adam Ant's her number one, and Billy Idol's her number two. But, but Hang on, Adam Ant looks like a gay guy, and with all the eye makeup, <laughs> the beard doesn't fool me. I think he's bisexual. Eileen's or he's freaking gay. out now. She's like, don't you know, talk about so him. I'm sorry. We gotta I, go. We gotta go. Wait, Hang on. I we mean, gotta go. Oh. Hey, everybody, listen up. This is Teddy Darlene. Love you. Love you. Love you. It's love you back. T-E-D-D-I-E-D-A-H-L-I-N. Check out New Haven Publishing, LTD.com. Um, check out all her books. We're going to bring her back because uh, she's, she's putting out books she, by all of our friends and people that we is, know. Everybody I'm loves you. Next time we'll bring you on earlier so as, we have more time. As they say in, in Yiddish, she's a yenta. I love her. Thank you so Thank much, you. Teddy. Bye, yes, everybody. Bye. bye. <laughs> what a great story. Bye, bye, Rebels. See you guys later. Peace out. So great story. Bye-bye. 
in the mix, yeah we in the mix, it's another episode, here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities, make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly, Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool, Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude, chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, so come watch it live on W4CY Radio, miss some past episodes, download on iTunes, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, it's the Jimmy Star Show. We're on Russell.